Welcome to FimiaCast, the official podcast of the Faresian Institute of Modern Integrated Acupuncture. If you are an acupuncture practitioner or student, or you have an interest in acupuncture, make sure you go to fimia.com.au and sign up for free to receive notifications about all of our courses and resources. Are you aiming for more patients through your clinic doors? If so, then Kickstart Your Clinic, the acupuncturist's essential guide to setting up business is designed just for you. Whether you are at the very start of your business journey or you're a seasoned traveler looking to add a few levels to your skill set, Kickstart Your Clinic provides you with powerful tools and invaluable advice on how to get your new clinic off the ground or to help boost the one you already have in operation. Simply go to fimia.com.au and click on Courses to find out more about Kickstart Your Clinic. Proudly sponsored by AccuNeeds Australia for all of your acupuncture needs. Are you on Facebook? Why not join the discussion on the FIMIA Forum? FIMIA Forum is a free Facebook community where acupuncture practitioners, students and enthusiasts alike can participate in an open platform to discuss the modern and integrated application of acupuncture. Search FIMIA Forum on Facebook and click join. Hi, this is Dr. Chris Ferris, registered acupuncturist. On this episode of FimiaCast, I spoke with Jacinta Eels, who after graduating from her Bachelor of Health Science in Acupuncture in 2015, went on to complete an advanced diploma in nutritional medicine. This allows her to prescribe nutritional supplements and provide naturopathic style dietary advice, which she combines with her Chinese medicine knowledge. Her dream is to one day run a multimodality clinic with a strong focus on women's health. At present, as an acupuncture practitioner, she has a keen interest in women's hormonal disorders, skin conditions such as acne, and all things related to fertility. I caught up with Jacinta following her immersion in the seminar for Kiko Matsumoto style of acupuncture. I found this to be an insightful conversation that explores the combined use of nutritional medicine along with the traditional acupuncture styles that stem from vastly different cultures. Exciting. So, uh, Jacinta Eels, welcome along. Thank you, Dr. Chris. Thank you so much for coming on Femir Cast. It's good to see you. Thank you. It's good to see you too. How are you feeling? A little bit nervous. A little bit nervous? Yeah. The mics and the screens and the lights are a little There's bit daunting. There's a lot around. That's okay. If, uh, if you just close your eyes and pretend <laughs> we're just talking, then you can drown out the sound of your own voice in your head and it will just be like we're having a real conversation. Okay. I can try and do that. <laughs> <laughs> How's clinic? What's been happening? Clinic. Clinic's been good. Mm -hmm. Um, I've what been practicing for four years now, which, you know, time's flying. Yeah. Um, which is good. And I'm now in two different clinics on the north side of Brisbane, Mm -hmm. which is great. So I'm at Go To Health. Uh, and ginseng acupuncture. Yeah. Yeah, which is awesome. So that's, uh, is that Rod Martin at Go To Health? Yep, Rod yep. Martin at Go To Health and John Taylor at ginseng acupuncture. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So how did that come about? How did you end up going into two different clinics and what was the reason? Ooh, okay, good question. Um, so I was a little bit unhappy at one of my first clinics I worked in mm. and I was kind of looking for something else, something a little bit bigger, uh, a little bit closer to home as well. And I contacted my friend Adele and said, oh, where do you know any clinics that are mm. looking for somewhere? And she said, yes, Go To Health is looking for an acupuncturist. Yep. So I contacted them and had an interview with Rod and I've been working there ever since. Excellent. Which is awesome. Yeah. It's quite a big clinic, I've heard. Yeah, very big. I think um, I wouldn't know the exact number of practitioners, but 
maybe 30. Mm. Um, there's physios, there's two GPs, nurses, dietitians, uh, psychologists. Wow. Exercise physiologists, massage therapists. I don't know if I'm forgetting anyone, but mm. there's lots of different people there. And how do you how do you find that being in a uh, part of such a huge clinic with, um, with with the amount of people that you know? Do you get a lot of referrals? Do you refer a lot to other people? Yeah, well, the, I guess the idea with the whole business is the cross referrals. So you know, your patient uh, client can come in. Um, and if you get a little bit stuck or you think they need something extra is all the practitioners are working together mm. and kind of cross-referring. So most of the patients that come in are seeing more than one practitioner um, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm. And is that quite a contrast to working at uh, ginseng acupuncture? Yeah. Yeah. I guess because at ginseng acupuncture, it's just myself and John and also Laura Campbell as well. Mm. She's there. Um and we're not all there on the same days. So I'm there often by myself in the clinic, okay. which is kind of nice. So it is that nice contrast. I get a few days where I'm just alone, you know, treating clients, which is really nice. And then another few days uh, where I'm in the big clinic um, talking to other practitioners and getting that, I guess, more social work aspect yeah. as well. Yep. So it's a nice balance. Yeah. Yeah, I've certainly in my own experience uh, when this used to be a clinic, I don't think I realized it until I moved out of here that it's uh, quite isolated and a little bit um, not lonely. It's just it's just nice to to have that that contrast of, of working with other mm. people. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It's really nice. So it's nice having the balance between the two. Mm. Yeah. So after you finished your bachelor degree, you went on to study nutrition. I did. Mm. I am not sure why. Um, jumping straight into more study after already completing a four year bachelor degree. Looking back, it was like maybe not the smartest move, but yeah. I was just so passionate about food and wanted to know how food could help people as well. Yeah. I thought I'll just I'll just do it. I'll jump in and study that as well, mm. um, which was great. So it's just added that little bit extra, I guess, to my treatments, um, knowing a little bit more about, you know, supplements, especially when clients are coming in and saying they're taking, you know, X, Y, Z, big list of supplements. I can kind of look at them um, as well and help them work through them and work out what's best and, and mm. give some advice around that as well, which is good. Do you do a lot of treatments that are nutrition-based? Uh, I wouldn't say completely on their own, um, but I definitely incorporate it into most kind of consultations as well, mm. um, you know, the acupuncture side of things. And then depending on what they're coming in for, we might delve into the kind of nutrition side as well. Yeah, so it's normally try to combine them together. Yeah. Yeah. And do you find that has given you uh, more insight and more ability to treat someone compared to what you learn as far as nutrition goes with TCM, traditional Chinese medicine? Yeah, it definitely gives me, I guess, like a, a different viewpoint as well. Because um, at college, I know we do the one subject of Chinese dietary therapy, mm. which is fascinating. But one subject nestled in with however many others that we did as well yeah. um there's not a massive focus on using the food as medicine yes so i guess doing the extra study um it did help me focus on using that a little bit more for each client as well hmm. 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 yeah okay so the big question is how did you find yourself becoming an acupuncturist oh i get asked this question a lot in the clinic actually all mm. my clients ask me so before I was an acupuncturist, I was just working in an office. I was, I think, a personal assistant, administration person. Mm. Um, and then I started studying musculoskeletal therapy. 
and I wasn't loving it. Um, and I was also getting acupuncture at the student clinic uh, at the same time okay. to help me with a few different things as well, yep. you know, anxiety and things like that. And I was really surprised about how many areas of my life it could address and mm. improved as well. Yep. Um, and so the benefits I was getting was amazing. And I thought, you know what? I could do this. Yeah, I okay. could pop pins in people for a living. Yep. And I think I pulled out of my my course and enrolled in the Bachelor um, of Acupuncture straight away. So you were at uh, Endeavor or ACNM? I was at, at ACNM, yeah, yeah, doing the musculoskeletal therapy course. I think I was only six months into that course. Mm. Um, yeah, and just wasn't loving it. It was a lot of hard work on my hands. My yeah. hands are a bit sore. So. I switched. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It certainly does take, um, <coughs> certainly does take its toll on your hands after a while. Do you do a lot of massage in your treatments now? I do bits and pieces. I do like doing it. Um, <coughs> sorry for some people. Mm. Um, but it is hard work on my hands. So I, yeah, I try to limit how much I do in the clinic. Yeah. Mm. So you're, you have a big focus with fertility and hormones, um, hormonal health. Yep. Yeah. Is that yep. specifically for women? My main focus is women's health. Yeah. Um, like I guess I do treat a whole variety of things, but my big kind of passion uh, and focus at the moment is um, women's health. Yeah. 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 Okay. And is that um, anything specific that kind of spurred you down that path or mm, if I can ask? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, probably like, you know, my own like hormonal stuff, you know, that I've dealt with since being a teenager, you know, you get put on the pill at such mm-hmm. a young age because, you know, either you've got, you know, period pains or they're irregular or your skin's bad and the doctors just go, here's the pill and you take that for 15 years. Yeah. And then I started seeing a lot of clients come into the clinic that, you know, similar situations, um, they're on the pill for a long time and they go off it and their periods are irregular or, and they're really suffering with pain and they're trying to re-regulate it again. Yeah. I'm just trying to provide them with the education around that to make those, you know, informed decisions. Mm around their health. And do you approach that from a strictly TCM perspective or do you bring the nutrition into that as well when you're, when you're helping to regulate the cycle, for example? Uh, I go mostly TCM based, but you know, if other information, you know, comes up and do a bit of research around it, if I find nutritional information to support their cycles, you know, dietary advice, lifestyle advice um they kind of i try and give them every bit of information i have to help them yeah and yeah. you're getting good results yeah yeah it's yeah. actually it's actually pretty amazing how how acupuncture and nutritional medicine can help regulate someone's cycle and yeah. help them fall pregnant or help them with their hormonal acne you know all of those things quite amazing yeah hmm. absolutely yeah that's good to hear so with your uh treatment approach you were saying before that you're, we were talking a bit about dry needling and the, the kind of levels of intensity that uh, acupuncture and acupuncture styles of treatment can be applied. Yeah. So anything with a needle, basically. <laughs> yep. Uh, how is your technique? Like you were saying that you're a bit uh, more reserved or a bit more gentle. Oh, with your I'm technique. very gentle. Mm. I'm very, very gentle. I had one of my clients telling me that this morning that yeah. I'm the most gentle needler they've ever had. Okay. Because um, I'm actually a little bit needle phobic. So I'm a bit scared of needles. And you made it through the degree. I know. I think I developed some of the trauma while studying uh, and (laughs) and everyone practices on each other. Of course, yes. Uh, Yeah, so I don't think acupuncture needs to be painful to be effective. Um, And that's why I guess I've started going down the 
the Japanese acupuncture route just a little bit, starting to learn a little bit more about that. Mm. Uh, yeah, so I definitely prefer the gentle acupuncture in comparison to that stronger stimulation. Yeah. Yeah. So is that, can you tell me a bit more about that? Is it, uh, is it more superficial needling? Is it gentler mm. stimulation? Gentler stimulation. So often um, when I'm popping all the pins in is I kind of go around popping the pins that I like, let them sit for a few minutes. Um, and then if I need to pop them in a little bit deeper or move them into the muscle a little bit more um, to get a bit more of a response, it's just gentle and slow. Um, I've changed the type of needles that I'm using, going more for the Japanese needles just for the fineness of them mm. uh, and the quality. So people are finding that they're uh, less painful mm-hmm. as well. Um, still probably similar retention time, you know, still people are lying down for 20, 30, 40 minutes as well. Sure. Um, but I'm definitely not looking for that strong, dirty type response from the needles Okay. for most patients. All right. Yeah. So is that something that you could compare to a, an even method in, in TCM as opposed to tonifying or sedating? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Hmm. I honestly probably don't think that much about tonifying, sedating mm-hmm. points as such, more the uses of the points as well. Yeah. yeah. So you did your, uh, what was the course you did recently? Oh, I did the foundations of Kiko Matsumoto style acupuncture in Sydney recently mm. for four days, which was awesome. Mm. Super awesome. Um, and it really focused on kind of getting instant feedback from the body and helping you select the points that way. So they do lots of abdominal palpation um, and finding, I guess, tender spots, tight spots um, in very kind of specific locations throughout the abdomen. Um, And then selecting points based on those tender, tight spots. Uh, And then once you select the right points and have them in the right um, direction, uh, the idea is that you should be able to go back and repalpate those points straight away and find that they've released themselves mm. as well. So you're getting that, you know, more instant um, feedback from the body when the client's on the table. Is this where I've seen they're taking the pulse and then ap- applying acupuncture and then feeling the pulse as they're stimulating the needle yeah. to see if there's a change? Yep, yep, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Kiko style, we were learning uh, about the stomach chi line. And so we hold, you know, we hold the pulse um, and kind of, you know, slide your hands down that stomach chi line on um, the lower leg and you wait for the pulse to change. Mm. And then when you know, the pulse change and feels nice and strong and even, is they're the points that you choose to needle. Okay, so the body is giving you feedback as to what it needs. Yes, exactly. I yeah, see. yeah. It just helps um, the body, lets the body tell you what it needs yeah. instead of us just assuming from what the patient is telling us mm. as well. Have you had a chance to apply that to your in the clinic at the at the moment in, yes. your, in your rooms? Yeah, it's definitely very different uh, going back into the clinic um, compared to when you're at a seminar and treating other acupuncturists mm. that know what you're looking for. Yes, um, but my clients at the moment seem to be enjoying it, so I'm just kind of incorporating that into the beginnings of the sessions. Is doing a bit of the abdominal palpation, uh, a bit more of the pulsing as well. Um, and then once I kind of get the desired result that way, then I kind of continue on with the usual TCM approach, probably with slightly less needles Okay. as well. What's a, I guess it's difficult to determine, but I guess some practitioners have a, an average amount of needles they use in a session. Do you know what, what yours would be? Oh, 
So it used to be about 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've probably gone down to under 15 um, for some patients now, depending on uh, what they're coming in for, might be about 10. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Just so keeps so, it a little bit gentler. Yeah. So would you choose one side over the other if you're doing, instead of doing bilateral points, for example? Yes, definitely. Um, definitely started doing that. Um, starting with one side of the body first. Uh, and then if I'm getting, you know, those sp- specific reflex points to release, then I don't need to move on to the other side of the body as well. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So, so you'd only use like if you needed stomach thirty six or forty, whatever it is, you'd yep. only use it on the one side, and then um, assuming that that then provides that relief for the entire body, mm-hmm. and you don't need both on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's okay. I guess yeah, that's the idea behind it as well. Yeah. Yeah. So with your uh, when when you're in clinic, what's a typical day for you? Mm. Well, I always make sure I arrive at the clinic at least half an hour before I start. Mm-hmm. I'll sit down, have a look at my day, set up my nice towels. Um, yeah, I guess get my head in treating space. Yeah. Um, and then it's just seeing each client as they come in. Uh, for the most part, I just run one room at a time. Mm. Um, occasionally I will do two, which will get quite busy. Yeah. Uh, and we just have, yeah, each client come in. I try to give each client, you know, at least 40 minutes of time. I prefer an hour. Um, just so they've got time to wind down and relax. Mm. And if we've got the hour time, then we do have that extra time to do front and back treatment as well, which most people like and find a bit, they get a bit more of a chance to really get into that deep relaxation mode mm. as well. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Interesting. So you, as much as you can, if you have the opportunity, you do front and back. Yeah, I definitely do try to, I mean, I guess it depends on what they're coming in for. Um, sometimes I feel like they might need a little bit longer one side. I mean, so we might just stick to the one side, but if I can definitely the front and back, I do like doing that treatment Yeah, okay. as well. You find you get better results? Oh, I don't know about better results. Um, I think they can be about the same. Yeah. yeah I think, um, I mostly just go on what the patient is feeling at the time. So I mean, sometimes they do like a little bit of massage or they might request a few minutes of cupping, and that's when I'm more likely to turn them over and address the back as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you do any other more, um, art, like, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, like unusual treatments or obscure treatments aside from cupping or, or gua sha or anything like that? Do bleeding or any Ooh. anything interesting? No, I, uh, I don't think so. I think I might just be a little bit, you know, regular in that way. I, you know, I do do a little bit of... Your, your regular bleeding, you know, the old sore throat point oh, yeah, or the yeah. or the mastitis point um, type of thing. But yeah. no, I don't think anything particularly um, obscure. Okay. Yeah. All right. I just thought I'd ask. No, that's always a good question. You were saying before that in college when we're learning, we you, you were wishing that you had some more real world experience before you got out into the clinic world. Yes. I mean, we get... We get, we get quite a lot of, you know, practical experience, you know, in the uni clinic where we have to practice for, gosh, I think I worked it out. It was like 500 hours we do in the student clinic before we're in real world, Mm. but we don't get much business experience. Yeah. And so you get out into the real world and you go, Hey everyone, I'm a great acupuncturist. Come and see me. And you kind of sit there going, Ooh, how do I get clients to come in? Yeah. Um, I guess that's where you kind of muddle along with your marketing, um, accounting, you know, that was a big learning curve for me when I came out trying to do my own books and get an ABN and 
register myself with all the relevant people. Mm. Um, yeah, it would have been nice to learn a little bit more of that, I guess, before you step out because uh, you're completely on your own once you leave college yeah. um, unless you have a mentor or someone like that. And did you? Uh, no, not one specific um, person. I had a few of my lecturers that I felt that I was comfortable enough with to ask some questions um, as well. But for the most part, I was kind of, yeah, muddling along by myself. I was in a, I was in a big clinic as well, but mostly left up to my own devices. Um, and so I just did the best I could and mm-hmm. I've just been learning as I go along. Well, you seem to have done pretty well. You're, you're still here. You're still going. You're working out of two clinics now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's nice full-time acupuncture now, which is great. I think when I first left college, I still worked part-time for a little while yep. um, in an acupuncture clinic uh, doing administration. But it was fantastic learning. So I did get to see a bit of the business side of things yeah. from that, which was great. Yeah, at least your your part-time job is related to your you know your career path and what yeah, and I and I would say I learned a lot um, from those practitioners that I worked with then. Yeah. Yeah, they were great. Yeah, I guess that's a, a difficult thing for people who are coming out <coughs> of college and then going into this entire potentially entirely new career if mm. they have the good fortune to already have been working in their desired career path in the first place, like as you were working in a in a clinic or yeah, um, you know, even even just a job not even related to the clinic, but in the clinic is still going to help, I suppose. Yeah, it definitely gave me a bit of an insight um, into what it is to be an acupuncturist and have that as your career. Yeah. Um. So that was that definitely helped a lot, and those practitioners I worked with, uh, one of the things that I learned from them that I've really taken away from that is. Even though they've been practicing for 20 years, they are like never complacent with their knowledge. They are learning, they're going above and beyond, you know, more than your regular CPD that you're doing each year. They're just always learning and learning, learning. Yeah. 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 Yeah, You seem to be doing that. I see you. I've got that from them. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm surprised now the, I don't know if it's just because I had no money when I was a Mm. student, but now seeing, um, you know, when I, when I go to courses or host courses. Um, now I'm seeing a lot of students there. I know. Like a lot. And I don't know if that's a new thing or um, if it's always been that way. I don't know because I was probably the same at uni, you know, you're scraping by, you're head down in your book. Um, and honestly, the idea of learning learning anything extra would have just done my head in. Yeah. You know, I was too busy trying to get through my uni subjects, let yeah. alone learning something else. Um but yeah, now, like even in the Sydney course recently, there was a few um, people there that were still studying. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is this is awesome for yeah. them to be able to do that. Yeah, it's very impressive. Yeah. That they have that, that desire to want to know more before they're even out practicing. I know. It makes you think of the, the caliber of practitioner that they're mm. building themselves up to be when they when they get out there and um, yeah, start treating. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's great. So did you, seeing these practitioners before you had actually graduated and um, getting an idea of the, the business, were you intimidated at all about what was, you know, be- becoming, you know, graduating and then going out into the real world and seeing how it was going to happen? Yeah, I, f- I think I was probably a little bit cocky. Mm. I kind of thought, oh, this is... I've got this. This is looks manageable. I can do this. Yeah. Um, I guess I didn't see a lot of the behind the scenes, you know, when they were starting because they had been in practice for 20 years yeah. um, and had, you know, I guess really strong 
word of mouth referral base and you know I guess the business side of, of, of administration front desk stuff all seems relatively simple mm. um, but I guess it's the more the behind the scenes stuff that you kind of struggle with a little bit and I guess probably I say more of the marketing side of things so I went out thinking this is great I'm I'm gonna be treating 50 clients a week in my first 12 months yeah not exactly the case yeah. but you know it builds slowly each year um, improves and you see more clients and more people see you and then refer you slowly um, as well so it all just builds quite slowly yeah yeah I think the excitement of being in that position of seeing other practitioners you you become somewhat um, ignorant of the potential that it's going to be a really difficult uh, at times exciting yet um, sometimes tough journey yeah getting from just starting you know starting out even if you're in working out of someone else's clinic, you still have to build your patient list. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's probably been with something that, yeah, I've been learning as I go along as well um, is I can't just rely on each clinic that I'm in to promote me, but to do to do that myself yeah. as well. Yeah. 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 And you seem to be doing that very well with your, your vids on Instagram. You know, every time I do one of those videos, I actually have to psych myself up a little bit um, to do them because I get so nervous filming myself mm -hmm. when no one else is in the room. It's a little weird, isn't it? It is quite weird. <laughs> it's very weird. I know what you mean. Okay. Well, I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah, it's a little strange, but you get, you get, have you gotten used to it? I'm getting better. I think I'm getting better at it. Mm. Um, and so I'm trying to do more where I get myself in front of the camera. Yeah. Um, I've recently signed up for the push-up challenge for mental health. Yes. And I'm doing that with a few people, uh, local businesses in the area. And so I'm practicing by even just filming myself doing push-ups and yep. putting that up uh, without feeling any embarrassment yep. um, like I would have previously. So I'm making progress slowly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was talking to Trent Dolman before and he insisted that I call him while you're here oh, and have Lord. you do the push-ups right now. But I think we can... Say, yes, please no. <laughs> say no to that. <laughs> so something that I took from um, one of your videos, I've seen um, quite a few of them, but something you said that when you described to your patients the frequency of acupuncture treatments that they may require for a, a, a condition. Mm -hmm. And you use the analogy of if you go to the gym once, it's probably not going to do very much. Mm -hmm. You need a, an exercise regime or at least to be going for a, a period of time for you to start seeing results. And I thought that was a very, very good analogy. Something that I've actually started to use with um, Ooh, when, when explaining it to patients because yeah. it's, it's so good. It makes such <coughs> sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think a lot of people expect uh, to only come a few times. Yeah. Um, and so I do like to kind of set the tone, I guess, in the first session and give them an idea of what to expect. Mm as well um it's like anything it's like eating healthy as well you can't just eat one salad and oh really and yeah i know it's disappointing um and then have everything you know be back to normal or healthy it's, yeah. it's a long-term plan hmm. and, and acupuncture is very much the same yeah 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 it certainly has the and i'm not sure where it came from and I think other practitioners also don't know where it came from, this concept that you only need one acupuncture treatment to fix all of your problems. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? That would be nice, but we'd be out of business. 
Um, That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's like a lot of other modalities where you need a plan you need mm. uh continuous treatments for you know whether it be two treatments or five or, or, or months of treatments depending on what the person is going through exactly yeah yeah and do you find that is a is something easy to convey to to your patients mm. you have difficulty with that Yes, again, it depends on the person that's coming in. I mean, I get in the women with the hormonal conditions or they're going through fertility treatment and they're fine. They're like, yep, I understand that it's going to take a little bit of time to regulate my system um, and they're honestly quite committed from the beginning. Uh, it's sometimes the people that come in with a sore neck or a sore shoulder, um, they go, oh, I need more than one and, and then I have to do my best to explain how acupuncture works um, and how many treatments, you know, roughly to give it. So it's learning to articulate that to the different people as well that come through the door. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And do you generally explain things from a TCM perspective, from a Western perspective? How do you do it? Uh, What's your script? Ooh. You know, it changes. Hmm. It changes every patient because I'm still learning how best to explain that to people. Hmm. So I have recently really gotten into watching and listening to uh, Mel Hopper-Koppelman, if mm. I'm saying her name correctly. Yeah. And she, I think, is the director of the evidence-based acupuncture in the UK. Mm. And she has a few videos um, and some papers uh, that's that's explaining acupuncture from that biochemical, you know, Western medical side. Yes. And I'm still getting my head around it. So I give it a shot um, with some of my patients, the Western medical side Mm. and how it works you know with our neurotransmitters and even the basics of you know creating micro traumas to promote healing yes um but i do like to stick to the tcm script yeah to a point yeah um so if people ask i i try to give them i guess a little bit of both without too much and if they want if they want more information then i'm always happy to provide that but i don't want to overload them if they're just asking a kind of offhand question yeah as well yeah, that's something I'm certainly guilty of. People <laughs> say, how's acupuncture work? And I go, well... <laughs> long, long answer after yeah, that. Neurotransmitters, dopamine, and and you just they start getting this glazed over look and you go, I've gone too far yeah, already, haven't I? I've lost it's, them. We've, we've passed the point. <laughs> do you want to keep going? <laughs> I definitely do like that, that Western um, side of things. And it definitely helps me in... Uh, the go-to health clinic because I'm working with so many Western medical practitioners. So to a degree, um, it means that they can understand me a little bit when they ask me if acupuncture can help a certain condition as well. Um, But again, I'm still, I'm still practicing all of those big Western words um, and understanding exactly how it works from that side. Do you find it's well received with the other Western style practitioners that you're working with? The ones I'm working with, yeah, they're um, for the most part, I think they're all really quite open. Um, A lot of them are getting acupuncture themselves, um, referring their clients over uh, because we really do do the best as being like an integrative health clinic as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good that they're getting acupuncture as well. It definitely helps. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Do um, do you go and get physio or do you go get anything Mm. from them? I'm pretty partial to a regular massage, mm-hmm. uh, but often when I finish work is I like to then leave work and just go home and go home and, yeah. and, and kind of decompress from the day because mm-hmm. they can be like mentally quite big days. So I might get a massage and 
pop on home. I, I have started seeing one of the exercise physiologists I work with. Mm. Um, I didn't actually know much about what they did before I started seeing one. And now I'm seeing one. I'm addicted. It's awesome. Really? They're fantastic. I really? refer lots of my clients um, to exercise physiology. Okay. Yeah. So what, what is, what's all of the hype? Oh, yeah. That's a good question now. Um, I am particularly enjoying my exercise physiology uh, teacher, instructor. I'm not sure of the word. Practitioner. There mm. we go. Um, she's helping change my, I guess, relationship with exercise. So she actually goes a little bit into the kind of cognitive behavioral therapy side of things. Okay. Um, which is great because I was like, oh, I hate exercise, but I know it's good for me but I don't want to do it, but I should, you know, this real mental battle. Yes. Um, and so I started seeing her and she helped address that side of things, mm. uh, helped with some pain I was having that was kind of preventing me from wanting to exercise uh, and it's corrected um, all of those things. And now I'm, I'm loving it Yeah. and it's good. Um, and, it, you know, that really helps manage my stress levels, improves my quality of sleep um, and lots of things that, Acupuncture also helps me with, but I'm just getting that kind of physical relief. You know, when you're sitting in a clinic treating people, you're not, you're not, um, you know, moving as much as I yeah. would prefer to move during a day. Yep. So by seeing someone else, um, they encourage me to do that as well. And as a practitioner yourself, the, the question was, what's your, do you have a, a regime to kind of balance out being the, the practitioner for someone else? And then do you have a mm. practitioner for yourself? I don't have one practitioner mm. that I go and see um, and I probably should be better with my own self-care. Like I think lots of practitioners are a little bit guilty of telling everyone else how to look after themselves and not looking after mm -hmm. themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, I like to get some cupping pretty regularly. Yeah, I get, you know, sore back from leaning over clients in bad positions while I'm trying to pop pins in. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, cupping, massage. I do like, I do get a bit of acupuncture yeah. as well, but not as regularly as I know I should. Yes, it's always the story that we're providing health and advice for everyone else and we're often the last ones to take it and apply it to our own lives. Yes, mm. I guess I go through stages of going, I'm going to walk every morning for half an hour and I'm going to meditate and I'm going to drink lovely cups of herbal tea and all of those things to help um, balance out, the, I guess, the, the busyness and, and just regular life stresses. Mm. Uh, but I don't do that at all. Mm -hmm. I roll out of bed, have a coffee and rush out the door. Well, you certainly convey an air of wisdom on your videos. <laughs> like you at least know what you're talking about, whether you apply it to your own life or not. I, yeah, I go through phases, mm -hmm. but yeah. Well, you've got the exercise physiologist. You're obviously getting someone to be accountable for, which... <laughs> Must help. It def it definitely uh, it definitely does help. I guess every little bit helps as well. You were talking about in one video the effect of caffeine that it has on the body. If oh, you remember, caffeine. I'm gonna have a sip of my yeah. Coffee I just now had too, a sip yeah. of my coffee. Um, maybe not necessarily that uh, particular um, line of information, but do you have anything you've been studying recently that's been of great interest that you can divulge to us? Me and everyone listening. One little bit of information. Hmm. I've been recently looking at adult acne, hormonal acne, yep. being a sufferer myself. I'm quite fascinated in the mechanisms behind it and why we suffer from it and what we can do 
for it. And one really interesting bit of information I came across, um, and it's not even Chinese medicine related, Mm. was um, using spearmint tea uh, as an anti-androgen. Apparently there is quite a few good studies done um, in women that were kind of um, developing a little bit of like, you know, chin hair, like that hormonal hair. Um, And they were using that to help treat women... um, for their hormones that way. Okay. So now with my clients and they're coming in, you know, for their acne treatments, is we add in a little bit of extra spearmint tea during the day. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm. That's one of those random bit of information I came across that was yeah. quite exciting. And is androgen, that's a, a hormone, what's that in charge of doing? Oh, you know what? Good question. Um, I'm not super great at the Western explanation yep. of your hormones. Um, the anti-androgen uh, related to male hormones, okay. um, testosterone, yes. things like that. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. If I know any patients that need some spearmint tea, <laughs> I will prescribe. So for the uh, future of your practice and for the future of acupuncture as well, mm. what do you see happening uh, in the next 10, 20 years? Oh, there's quite a big difference to what I see happening and what I would like to happen. All right. Well, what, let's start with what we would like to happen. Oh, what I would like to happen is I, I think, and along with most other acupuncturists, is I'd love to see acupuncture in the public hospital system mm-hmm. uh, and more accessible to everyone. I feel like at the moment it's not um, as accessible to everyone uh, due to financial reasons as well. Um, and when we're not utilizing it in our public healthcare system as we should be, uh, especially to help with, you know, our chronic, chronic health conditions, yes. um, that tend to cost our health system quite a lot and acupuncture could actually be quite effective at helping those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What will happen with it? I'm not sure. I think we have a lot of really wonderful, um, researchers in the industry that are working really hard at getting, um, the information about acupuncture out into the mainstream mm. and presenting it, I guess, in a way that is understood by the Western medical profession. So I think they're doing wonderful work uh, and hopefully if, if they keep working as hard as they are, um, we will get where we want to be, yeah. which is, you know, hopefully on Medicare and all of those things down the track. Yeah, it's um, it's an exciting time to be an acupuncturist. And that's for sure. When I started probably you started a little bit earlier than I did I had no idea about registration or anything really when I started in 2010 and I think that was the year that acupuncture became registered in Australia under APRA yeah is that right oh you know I wouldn't be sure of the year but I remember it happened while I was studying yeah yeah I think I'd been studying maybe even for a year or two Mm. um and we we got registered yeah so it's been quite a journey for for all of us and and no doubt for the people who already were practicing and have gone through this seen mm. this massive shift yeah and from what what they had known to what is now some for the better and some i imagine think it's not so much yeah i think i think that bunch of communities probably definitely um divided in that um their opinions on what registration has done to our profession mm. um Obviously, I've known no different. I've yeah. always had to be a registered acupuncturist, so it makes no difference um, to me. And I think there's definitely lots of positives that come from it as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm the same. I had, I had, I was ignorant to 
all of these uh, political and, and government registration things, uh, health registration. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I, mm. I haven't known any different. Yeah, and so we just work with what we have. Yeah. 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 I think, I think it's actually, I think it's been um, a good thing. While some people are not so happy about it, I, I do think um, overall it, it's been quite good for our profession um, yeah. and bringing us maybe a bit more into the mainstream yeah, yeah. as well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's certainly become uh, <coughs> obviously a lot more accessible. But when that with that ac- accessibility comes a lot more a higher level of scrutiny for what we're doing to make sure that we're up to a certain standard. Which I again I think is a good thing. I think it is too. Um, you know, we want to protect the public from maybe practitioners that haven't done the same level of study that we've had, um, or uh, are not. Um, particularly uh, up to the standard that we'd like, you know, people that are sticking pins in people. Mm. We, I think we want to hold them to a high standard. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh, an acceptable thing to, to have a, a certain number of hours behind you before doing what we're doing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I And I again, that's something I get asked by clients a lot. Um, you know, they always want to know how much study have I done and a lot of them actually assume that I've done a course for maybe a year or um, – something quite minimal in comparison to what we actually had to do to become acupuncturists. Yeah. Yeah. I have had that as well. People asking you to say four years. Sorry. What? Yeah. Really? That long? They go, Oh, Oh, I thought, I thought that was like a month course or something. And you go, try not to be offended. And (laughs) like, no, I did a bachelor of health science. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think that, you know, what do you, um, think are some practical ways that could be, put in place that the, the public is more well informed about things like this? Hmm. Um, I think some potentially some more advertising mm. uh, that is understandable by your everyday people that don't know all of the TCM words that we like to use. Um, you know, they didn't grow up hearing they had a wind heat invasion when they have a cold. Mm. So when we use lots of words like that, lots of people will just shut down and not and not be receptive uh, to the information um, that they're being given. So by kind of moving us into that Western medical model um, and then starting to use some of those um, words that are understandable to most people mm. um, is going to make them a bit more receptive to coming to use acupuncture, yeah. I think. Yeah, so... You're saying it can be a little, perhaps a little bit uh, because of the foreign nature of the, the concepts that we use. It can yeah. be a little bit off-putting for the, the general public. Oh, yeah. I've So many people, you know, I can almost just see their brains shut off when I say chi. Mm-hmm. And they just, you can see they, they don't want any more information yeah. about that. You know, you start talking about channels and energy um, and, and they just they're not willing or not open as much to that information. Yeah. Some people love it. Um, yeah. you know, clients can get really hooked on it, but other people not so much. So I think um, by combining that with the Western medical terminology, mm. you're, you're opening up using acupuncture to a, to a larger audience of people. Yeah. 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 So with if you're, when you bring up that, that term chi uh, or, or the like, and you have that glazed overlook from your patient, do you try to come up with a, a comparison or do you try to explain it another way? Mm, yeah, I guess I, and again, it's, it always comes down to the person that's sitting in front of me, what I think 
they might be willing to listen to. Mm. Um, I like to bring the whole thing back to either talking about our kind of central nervous system, um, re- you know, our sympathetic, parasympathetic nervous system, regulating the whole body. Uh, I also like to liken our bodies as like a really, really, really big city like London. Mm. And if, you know, if there's a traffic jam on one side of the city, um, then messages are not necessarily getting through to the other side. And that's, I guess, how we explain why I'm sticking a pin in your foot mm-hmm. for your neck pain. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So as a, like as in a, a distal... Just, yeah, distal yeah. points right. as well. Yeah, because people, I guess, it will come in and they'll say, my neck hurts or this particular area hurts. Yeah. And then I start touching their feet or yeah. their hands or somewhere completely unrelated. And you can just see them wanting to say, no, no, but remember I came in for this pain. Yes. Um, so I always try to talk them through that as well, why we're doing points in different areas yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it can be, I guess, a little bit challenging if you're not putting points in the area that they mm. have their pain, if they... Yeah. I mean, I guess I always do try to do that. That was something I took away from college is if someone comes in with neck pain or elbow pain, I'll pop a pin in the area, but that's not the only treatment yeah. that we do. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So getting back to nutrition, if oh. you can, because this is something a bit more unique um, that I've not, don't think I've had anyone on here <laughs> yet who's, um, who's also studied in that area as well. Is that something that you will incorporate more? Are you going to do more study? Um, I think at some point I would like to, um, especially as I go kind of more down that women's health area. Uh, working more with, I guess, hormones and fertility. I think um, the nutritional side of things could be really good. Uh, but at the moment, I'm just trying to focus on learning um, the Kiko style of acupuncture as well, trying to master one thing at a time. Yes. Um, learning too many different things is sometimes a little bit hard for my brain. So I pick one thing and focus on that for a while. Yeah. Yeah, but I will come back to the nutrition. Um, and I'm still listening, you know, to lots of different podcasts um, and trying to read what I can when it pops up. Yeah. Um, or if, you know, a client comes in with a particular condition, I might go and have a look about what foods and supplements will help that person as well. Sure. Yeah, it's just learning as I go. Yeah. Do you use herbs? I use some herbs. I use um, mostly either the China Med kind of pre-done um, pills, prescription yeah. pills. Yeah. Um, and also I mostly do that also in conjunction with John Taylor as well. He's the wonderful herbalist at yeah. Ginseng. So if I ever get stuck and I'm not sure about what herbal formula to use – is I often just send him a quick message yeah. and say, I've got this person that has all of these things. What do you recommend? Yeah. And he gets back to me very quickly. Yeah. 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 Yep. So I learn through John as well um, with the patients in front of me. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And is is your approach to try to include herbs as much as you can or do you do acupuncture first and see what the results are? No, I definitely like to use herbs um, as soon as I can. Um, sometimes getting patients to the point where they want to take herbs uh, is a bit trickier. Mm. Um, people seem to be a bit more accepting of the acupuncture, but the herbs um, can take them a little bit of time yeah, sure. to, to kind of go, oh, yeah, maybe this will actually help me as well. Uh, there's probably been a little bit of negative press around 
Chinese herbal medicine. Oh, yes. Yeah, so people seem to be a little bit reluctant. Um, mm. But once we kind of can talk them around uh, and how it can help them, again, especially regulating cycles, you know, I think herbs are almost a must when you're coming to talking about um, women's cycles as yeah. well. Yep. Yeah, so I try to talk them into that as soon as we can. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And with the, the Kiko style, mm. there are more workshops in the midst. Yes, I will be uh, like as soon as Monica, I can't pronounce her surname. As soon as Monica comes back, she's from the States. So she teaches the Kiko course mm. um, and she will be coming back maybe in about 12 to 18 months. As soon as, as soon as um, Peter from Geology can convince her to come back. Yep. She does a few extra courses on uh, gynecological um, one and I think a digestive one as well. And both of them obviously right up my alley of um, yeah. interest. So yep. definitely we'll do more um, when she comes back. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So that's the uh, Kiko is Japanese style. Yes. As you said. Yeah. So is that, I'm not too, I know you explained a bit before, I'm not really that much aware of Japanese style other than that it is more um, gentle. Gentle. In its, yep. um, in its application. Yep. Is it... Uh, does it still use the same diagnosis system? Is it like what? What are the the mm. differences and the similarities to TCM? Um. Okay, so less needle retention time, definitely. Um, in because I know you know with TCM we tend to pop the pins in and leave people for twenty to thirty minutes. Um, so in the Kiko style, it's often popping the pins in in a much more superficial level and then once getting the desired change either through the pulse or the abdomen we can take the pins out again it's done yeah mm. um and we they have their own kind of diagnostic um patterns i guess as such so they don't as much talk about your liver chi stagnation okay. or your spleen chi deficiency okay as such yeah they go mostly through um the areas of the abdomen uh, and they call them also your uh, pressure pain points um, as well. Um, we talk about, you know, positive or negative reflexes okay. um, in them as well and treat then you are, there's a prescribed set of points for each positive reflex that you're feeling. Okay. <laughs> That's a hard to get. I'm still getting my head around it, so uh, I'm probably not explaining it the best. No, it sounds interesting. So there's, so there's a, a positive and negative reflex. Yes. To a, like your, to the, the practitioner's uh, touch or pressure? Is that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So for example, um, they use uh, fire points on the yin channels of the body. Mm -hmm. uh, and you, the idea is that you press or palpate that point with about three kilograms of pressure, which I'm still learning what three kilograms of pressure uh, feels like. Mm -hmm. um, and some patients will start scrunching up their face and go, ow, that really hurts. Um, other people go, oh, I don't feel anything. Yep. So when it's a bit tender or sore or anything like that, that's a positive reflex. Um, okay. So positive response in that area. Yes. And then we use the metal and water points on that same channel to treat that pressure pain. Okay. And the idea is that once you pop in those two points, you go back, you repalpate that area, mm. um, that fire point on the yin channel. And the idea is that the pressure pain, um, if the pins are put in, properly should have dissipated. Okay. And that's that kind of instant feedback that you're getting from the body that you've selected the right points um, and that you've needled them correctly as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they use uh, quite a heavy influence of the five elements or is it just the points that are, that are 
designated to fire or water or? You know what? I don't know. Okay. I actually don't know the answer right. to that one. So yeah. it's it's not so much organ-based then? No, it doesn't seem to be. Um, I mean, like I've just done the foundations course, mm. um, so I'm sure that there is much more information yeah. uh, than we got exposed to over those four days because yep. it was kind of like a crash course um, in this in this you know very obviously complex style yeah. of acupuncture, like yep. all different styles of acupuncture can be um, as well. So... I'm just I'm just starting with the basics at the moment, yeah, uh, and then we'll kind of delve into it further once I feel like I've mastered mastered a few of those. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, Michael Corradino, he's a acupuncturist in uh, I don't know which state, but in the state somewhere, he pioneered neuropuncture, which Ooh. is the concept of stimulating specifically the nerves along with the channels and there are a range of different points, neuropuncture points yeah. that are near the original points, but they're focused more on stimulating the nerve. Oh, okay. So, for example, gallbladder 34, there's a neuropuncture called um, acupuncture point neuro of gallbladder 34. <coughs> Sorry, neuropuncture point of gallbladder yeah. 34 mm-hmm. that is behind the head of the fibula instead of in front. Oh, interesting. Um, and then that stimulates the superficial perineal nerve. Okay. As opposed to specifically the, the acupuncture point itself. Yeah. Anyway, that is all irrelevant. What is relevant <laughs> is that Michael Corradino says to learn how to figure out what three kilograms of pressure or three pounds of pressure, whatever oh, yeah? um, your system of measurement is whenever you're at the grocery store. Yes, Put I've been doing this. Is that how you're doing yes. it? Yes. Yeah, right. That is what Monica said as well. Yeah. Um, and so I look a little bit like a weirdo when I'm in the grocery section and I've got my thumb, you know, on the scale trying to go, oh, yep. And then close my eyes and do it again yes. to see if I'm getting it right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's good. I'm glad there's, there's more than one person suggesting yeah. that, that way of doing it. I thought that was a great idea. Yeah. I mean, after a while you are, you, it, it's like anything. It's like learning the pulse. It's like learning for the, the feeling of chi when you're acu- acupuncturing. Mm. Uh, you would learn what three kilograms of pressure is. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good way to. Because it's you're right, it's very subjective uh, for the patient and objective for yourself when yeah. you're pressing on someone and they say that hurts and you go, is that tender or is that painful? And you could have someone who's three times the size of you and they don't feel it, whereas you know exactly the yeah. next person they're in agony and you can't figure out if that's because they're in pain or if it's that's just their sensitivity. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So I suppose if you're applying the same amount of pressure each time, that would yeah. at least help to eliminate some of that, those variables. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm still learning the three kilograms of pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it. Hmm. So how do you feel about that being, if you're using this Japanese style of treatment, which is clearly vastly different to a yes. Chinese <laughs> style of treatment. Yes. Um, how do you, have you... Have you considered the the fact that they, they both work? Yes. They're both effective. Yes. Right? There are all these different styles of acupuncture which are effective. Yes. And so how do you kind of rationalize that when they're doing vastly different things but you're getting similar results? It's actually something I've been struggling with, which mm. is it's interesting that you bring that up. So, you know, I, I've worked with people in the past that are fanatically Japanese acupuncture only. It's the only way and everything else is not as good um and then when you're learning you know tcm in college you know you go oh why would you learn anything else this works this is perfect so yeah while i was doing the um the course too it was a bit confronting because 
lots of the people are quite, you know, this is this is the way to treat. Yes. Um, but I, you know, from I guess from clinical experience is even though I treat, I started treating one way and I moved to treating another way and then sometimes go back to treating the way I was treating before I did the course is it all works as well. Um, so I just like to treat again, the way the person in front of me, I think would like to be treated. Yeah. You know, I get some people come in and I can tell that they, you know, they have a sore spot and so they want all the pins in that area and they want strong needling. So I might go a little bit back to TCM based acupuncture. Sure. Um, and then other people, you know, they already come in and they say, oh, I'm a little bit scared of needles. Does it hurt? And that's when I'm more likely to start with that Kiko style of acupuncture. Yeah, um, that's that's a good yeah. point to, to have. That's a good point to have um, all of these different styles to fit the different people that come in. Yeah, I, yeah, because they do. They all work. They all work in different and the same ways as well. Um, and I don't. I really don't believe that one style is better than the other. Um, I think learning a few different styles is great because um, you can apply that to lots of different people yeah. as well. Yeah. 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 I suppose it's about hmm, it's a concept of becoming the Bruce Lee of acupuncture, yeah. having no style, <laughs> absorbing all styles and having none. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's what I aim to be. Mm, I like that. That's a, something, that's something to aspire to. Yeah. Is your Instagram account primarily set up for your patients or for practitioners to learn to or learn from or both? Mm, I'm going to say both. Mm-hmm. It originally was designed for patients. Yes. Um, and also for my own little outlet of wanting to talk about things health yeah. without my friends making fun of me for always talking about health stuff. Um, and it is starting to become a little bit... Um, I'm attracting a few different practitioners, uh, just because we all like to hear what other practitioners have to say. And yeah. I guess Instagram's quite a good plat- pat- uh, platform, um, for hearing other people's opinions on yeah. things as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think the more we do things like that, I mean, I learned something from you, um, about the, the analogy of exercise for acupuncture treatments. That's a good one. So I, I like thought that. that was very, very good. That was a, a gem there. So I think we can only improve by having all of these different outlets that we can all see from each other and keep learning from each other yeah i definitely i definitely think so i mean i follow god every every acupuncturist i meet if they've got an instagram i'm following that um because i like to see what they're doing i like to see how they're treating um i love to see how they're explaining things Mm. um because we've all got our own ways of explaining things and i think you know we can definitely all learn from each other uh in that regard as well yeah absolutely yeah yeah. So what's um what's on the cards for the future for you? As far as treating goes, do you have plans to open your own clinic? I suppose you don't really want to divulge that when you're working for two. <laughs> far down the track, far, I mean. Yeah, no, it is far down the track because I see I see the energy that goes into running clinics mm. and it's a lot. Um and so at the moment I'm really happy letting other people run the clinics and just that's giving me a chance to learn more and be a better acupuncturist um without being preoccupied with the running of a business component. Yeah. Um, but I think down the track, I mean, maybe a decade, maybe two decades down the track, um, I would really like to run my own practice. Yeah. Um, I would like a women's health focused uh, clinic, yeah. multiple practitioners, mm-hmm. um, 
not, you know, I think somewhere between you know, probably five practitioners would be the goal. I'd love to have a lovely little healing space where people can come in and be heard and, and also be informed um, and given all the knowledge they need to make, yeah. you know, good decisions about their health um, in that regard. Yeah, because I don't think we're always given all of the information we need. Mm. Yeah, so that's what I would like one day. Yeah, one day. I think it's that's a nice goal to have have a, yeah. a holistic place that someone could come to and just you you know your place is the final stop. That's all they need to do. That, well, that would as be as much as you can. Yeah, yeah, that would that would be the goal, I guess, at some point. Yeah, yeah. Whereabouts can people find you online? Oh, I have a website, mm-hmm. uh, which is www.acupuncture.aus.com. Mm-hmm. I have Instagram. Uh, Jacinta Eels underscore acupuncture. Mm-hmm. Recently changed from acupuncture and nutrition. Yes. Easy to find with your name, I think. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to be all over online so people can get in touch with me if they need to. Yeah, cool. And you have a blog as well. Oh, yes. Attached to my website. Yes. Yes. I probably should write more blog posts. Um, but I I'm, haven't really got there lately with all the extra study I've been doing. Yeah. Try to keep that as up to date as I can. What's the, the usual uh, topic or subjects that you talk about? You know, I used to jump all over the place with what whatever was interesting me on that day that I was writing a blog post, but I am trying to swing again to more towards uh, women's health, um, skin focused, um, you know, period health, fertility. I'm trying. I'm trying to go more that way at the moment. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, once again, always good to have those resources for patients or other practitioners to go out and find things to improve their own practice as well. Yeah, yeah. It's good to read other people's writing styles as Absolutely. well. Yeah. Well, it's been a ball. Thank you so much for coming in. Thanks, Chris. This wasn't as scary as I thought it would be. Not at all. See, I told you you'd forget that all of the lights and the cameras were here. Oh, now you've just brought my attention back to it all. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, Jacinda. Thank you very much, Chris. Thank you.